Welcome everyone to another episode of The Codex, or Codec. This week we have good friends of mine, Kyle and Matilda, with me, of course, talking about the chicken and the egg and various other myths, bits and bobs that we might have come across in our, well, respectively 18, sorry, 16 and doubly 18 years on this planet. Now, we start off with chicken and the egg because we thought, you know, where else to start a great conversation? And unlike the other episodes that we've basically had, there's not much of an agenda for this podcast. So it's sort of similar to the catch-up, which I did with Henry and Francois. Uh, What we have here is a conversation between three of us, just wherever the conversation takes us. Go with the flow, as some might say. Kyle is in your left ear, or will be at least. Matilda will be in your right. I am obviously in the centre, as you're hearing me now. And enjoy. I will see you at the end of the episode. Though I should point out that this episode, the recording which Kyle, Matilda and I originally did, is split into two parts, as with most of the other podcasts with other people in them. They are two parts, usually about 40-50 minutes long, and next week's episode will just be the continuation or the second part of this episode, as it were. Or let's call it a serial. Um, yeah, this, this serial, not as in serial killer. No, sorry, as in serial killer, not as in serial, serial, like not cornflakes or something similar so once again enjoy and i'll see you at the end of the episode so the the chicken or the egg which one came first um well, let's I mean, let's should, should we okay just quick poll which one do you think came first the chicken egg, or the egg egg it has to be yeah, egg. egg egg oh, yeah okay okay we're all this is this is a great for a podcast but we're all in agreement i don't think it can physically be the chicken like that just doesn't seem any way where it could be the chicken well i'm gonna take a humanitist's point of view <laughs> and so the chicken that for me actually on reflection that does make more sense okay this is good right we've got we've got we've got uh like either a purposeful or just an accidental devil, devil's advocate here um so what okay kyle why why the egg okay so my theory is that um the, the thing that made the egg would be two things that aren't quite chickens they'll be like i don't know they'll be like Things that are similar to chickens existed a long time ago, and when they sort of like bred or like you know, then they would have made a chicken. But the two things that kind of like came together would would have been like, they wouldn't have been a chicken at that point, I don't think. And so that's my that's my logic. Like they would have been developing, and then the chicken would have been made, and then maybe somewhere else there'd have been two other things that made a chicken, made a chicken, and then that's where the chicken starts from. But I don't think there would have been a chicken before that, because how? Okay, and you're saying that the chicken which is birthed from the egg means that the egg must have come first? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Matilda, I mean, what about you? Kyle, I, I must admit, that is the universal view of the chicken the egg thing. In fact, one quick search on Google as to which came first, the chicken or the egg, and Kyle's response is the top answer. I'm going to pose a more abstract kind of answer. Obviously, chickens... They were around and the dinosaurs were around, correct? And I think in some gradual evolutionary twist, as we know, chickens are very similarly evolved from dinosaurs. I think they kept on evolving. And then one day we got to the chicken. It laid an egg. The chicken dynasty was born. Makes sense. Right. That's that's the thought process here. It's quite an abstract thought, but I think it could work. Mm. Okay, like I, myself, I am a neither chicken nor egger, 
But if, if I had to choose, I'd say the egg must have come first. Because think about it this way. Um, if you had to... I think I saw this on an ASAP science video, so forgive me if I misquote any of this. But mm -hmm. uh, they say that the thing that came before the chicken would be what's called a proto-chicken. So before the chicken, you have proto-chickens. And then proto-chickens breed uh, and form an egg, because all reptiles have eggs, and we say that chickens are like dinosaurs. Dinosaurs were reptiles, and hence the, uh, the chickens must have laid an egg from the outset. So uh, they made the egg, and inside the egg contained a chicken, right? Mm -hmm. And because it is necessary for a chicken to have come from an egg, the egg must come first, if that makes sense. I see the however, process. Oh, yeah, however, there's a twist. Yes, it depends how you define a chicken, and it depends how you define an egg. If you define the egg as something that is laid by a chicken, it is necessary for the chicken to have existed first. We are scraping yeah. below the surface here. No, ex exactly. We are under. I think the news came out today that like some only on the quota scientists are going to get this yeah. level <laughs> of knowledge. Um, yeah, shameless self plug here. Um, no, no, no. Because no, but, wait. But who defines a, an egg as something that has to come from a chicken, though? Wait, like, because what do you mean? You mean you make a chicken okay. egg has to come from a chicken? Yeah, like if you had a chicken egg that was okay. Say instead of a proto chicken, we had a duck, right? Yeah. And say two ducks breeded. And then laid an egg, which is a duck egg, but inside the egg was a chicken. By some genetic mutation, there was a chicken in there, right? This is right. really casting me back to year 10 biology. <laughs> yeah, so by some random rearrangement of, uh, what are they called? Zygotes or whatever? Um, no, no. What they call chromosomes. Uh, gametes. Chromosomes. Yeah, chromosomes, gametes, whatever, biology. Uh, <clears throat> I still maintain that a biology is is not not a science. It's it's basically just more complicated um, genetic history. Um, I mean, it's plants and people, and all that's in between. Plants and people, yeah, perfect mushrooms and you know, fungi things. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got. A, can I just um, say I've got a funny mushroom joke? I don't want to go off on a tangent. I do think it is quite funny though. Yeah. Go what on. do you call a mushroom that likes to party? A fungi. Oh. That was uh, the, the, that the number of times I've heard that joke. That is the most um, popular not joke. zero, and that is disappointing. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it, <laughs> fun guy. Um, yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, back to the chicken and egg thing. <laughs> um, uh, so okay, say that were the case, the duck egg. It is called a duck egg because it's laid by a duck, right? But it also contains a chicken. So is that a duck egg or a chicken egg? Oh, kind of like a crossbreed kind of it's thing. A, no, no, it's a duck egg. It's a duck egg, right? So yeah. if we say that the 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 type of egg is defined right, by whatever okay, right. births it, then the, the chicken must come first. The thing is, like, right, going back to the like evolution theory, at what point mm -hmm. did you class it as a chicken during its process of evolution? That is also question. another good question. That is a very good question. Because if it's changing, um, like, at what point were you like, actually, no, right there, that's the chicken. Before yeah. or after, it's not. I don't, Who I don't even mean... named the chicken? We could really... Mm. What, you know, I think you can't... A chicken now is not a chicken back then. Exactly. That, exactly. No, Probably true. wasn't even recognisable yeah. as a chicken. Wait, until that goes against your theory, though. I'd like to, having heard the other, <laughs> heard the other <laughs> arguments, change my view on the theory. That is good. That is I think I was trying to be a devil's advocate. That was... Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's better than most people nowadays who are so adamant in their own view, which is like, oh, here's evidence. Yeah, just ignore it. My um, view is very much malleable, and I'm loving soaking up this knowledge. Yeah, good, good, yeah. We are, we are all sponges of wisdom. Um, but yep. 
what was <laughs> um, someone brought up what was it um, oh no I've forgotten now that's unfortunate oh give me a second well what we'll, you... we'll just carry on having thing a thing is like right I think that or not. I'm not saying that the egg hamster came first, but and I'm not saying yeah the chicken hamster came first, but like there's obviously both both theories have had their own points and pros and cons stuff like that. Well, I think it's but very I, easy to just be like I know an egg came first, but I think if you go to the surface, there's some. It's kind I of just think it depends. Question. Like I think it depends on what like at what point you class as a chicken because like mm. yeah, I agree. that's just. That's and I think there's no way this. that. I think when when was a chicken as we know today? When did it start being classed as a chicken? Because if we look mm -hmm. at the kind of dinosaur chickens, they're pretty much strange feathered beasts, as yeah. opposed to the humble farmyard farmyard hen that we know now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but taking this from a uh, Christian young Earth creationist view, um, surely as <laughs> as. <laughs> As God made the universe and he made the earth and he made the animals on whichever day he made them, then the chicken must come first. But, like, at that point... I think you are taking quite a niche view there, Q. Matilda, you've disappeared on Discord. You're sort of frozen and... Just... Okay, you're back, you're back. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> you're, you're here, yes. We, we can see, we can see. I'm very, I'm very much okay. present. Okay, okay yeah. Yeah. Well, so you were saying something just before you... Froze. Oh, I forgot what I was saying. I oh, think you it's said um, about, about Q's comment. View. Yeah, about something. Oh, yeah, I I went, you were taking quite a niche view there, Q, the kind of creationist oh, yeah. Christian boy. This is all, yeah, this is there's a lot of nicheness. No, but, anyway, it's a fair point. It is a fair point. Like, if you're looking at that standpoint, it has to be the chicken coming first. Because hmm. obviously, God wouldn't just place an egg on the ground. Like, I mean, he might, <laughs> but I don't think. Just a singular <laughs> egg, yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, know. <laughs> The entire Earth had one egg on it at one point. Um, yeah, but here's also a thing, right? Um, if we classify a chicken as something that shares, I don't know, a 99.9% .9 genetic resemblance to what we'd classify now as a chicken, we'd never be able to go back in time yeah. and classify things anyway. So it's a bit of a, mm. you know, the, the, the evolution argument and the uh, genetic argument's a bit uh, hand-wavy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you could say that for the whole thing, because... At the end of the day, does it does it really matter? No, not does really. It, I mean, like, we've got chickens question... now, and we've got chickens and eggs. Yeah, exactly. They're so... both abundantly, well, both abundantly abundant. So, um, we, <laughs> we don't need, if we <laughs> if if we ever needed to, you know, rejuvenate the the chickens, you know, is this is this a question we'd have to be asking ourselves in a few million years, maybe? I'm um, sure someone would have like, saved nowadays... a six pack of eggs or something. If we were to like have to genetically modify a chicken, would, would we do it through an egg, wouldn't we? We, we, we wouldn't, like, it has to be done through an egg. Experiment on the chicken. Yeah. Mm, that's much like injecting stuff into an egg, I'm assuming. I'm not sure how they do it. Yeah. It, yeah. It'd have to be before it's developed into adulthood. Exactly. Um, uh, because I, this is actually... Yeah, go on. No, no, carry on, carry on. Uh, I was just saying that this is, this is the exact reason why humans still get cancer. Oh. So think about when 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 do you, when do humans usually get cancer? Like, give me an age. I say um, radiation. The, the older it's fifties, sixties. Yeah, so really late, right? Yeah. So usually after you've had offspring. Yeah. Which means that those like the cells in your body haven't been used to having that have haven't been used to fighting off cancer, so that when you have a child, 
they will in turn not be used to having cancer or fighting off cancer. Right. It's not like having the cold where you have the cold, you'll build up antibodies for, well, not the cold, the flu. You build up antibodies for the flu, which your child will then go the, get those antibodies. And then the cells would be like, oh, yeah, this is this is the flu. We don't have to combat yeah. this. Mm. Um, also, one of the reasons why anti-vaxxers are just idiots, because why? Yeah. when your child is born, they have six months of immunity from your cells and these six months are the most vulnerable time of a baby because they're they've just born they're just small little sacks of meat if they don't have your antibodies then they'll they'll perish and die um yeah sorry i just had a rant about (laughs) anti-vaxxers i I do not like anti-vaxxers they're just we we get that vibe back you yeah i don't either to be honest yeah just oh yeah um yeah, the, the, there's a lot of this biological stuff, which I sort of see why the uh, early Victorians sort of just gave up on, because it's, especially when they still thought, have, have you guys seen that uh, Tom Scott video on, these are the di- these are the incorrect dinosaurs? Oh yeah, dinosaurs I think I have, just, yeah. I think yeah, I have like, too. Mm. Just dinosaurs which are, well, replicas of what dinosaurs are supposed to be look, look well, what they're supposed to look like, but then they, they obviously just don't look like that, because they look like... You know those medieval paintings of cats? Yeah. Oh. Um, like the cats with human faces on. It sort of looked yeah. a bit like that, just completely wrong. I mean, um, it was quite recent. Uh, it was quite recently, like, they realised that a lot more of them are feathered than they kind of initially mm. realised. Yeah, because feathers don't preserve, do they? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and there's quite an interesting yeah. phenomenon here called the Dinosaur Park, where they've made a lot of different models yeah. of dinosaurs, and it's very interesting the... to see different interpretations. Yeah, that I think well, that's I mean, what Tom Scott was with talking the colors, about. Colors, especially. Yeah, colors is an interesting bit because I saw mm. this um, thing on Instagram which said that we'll never really know what dinosaurs, what colors they were. But oh, here's sure. here's a counter argument to that, um, Kyle. I'm sure you've you've been touching on this in chemistry, but transition metals have specific colors, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the way that works is quantum mechanics and stuff. So um, different metals in the periodic table will have different. Uh, elements different elements different colors um when light is shone on them and well they have to be in compound um so like copper sulfate is blue for example um so if you look at like the scales of the scales or the whatever um bit of bony protrusion um that could be from an animal and you test it for a certain type of metal you could say oh this is this metal and hence it was this color um I mean, I read quite an interesting article in the Times about how um, the soil affected the colour of dinosaurs. Oh. It was quite bizarre. Yeah. So so essentially there is no Mm. real way, apart from like, so have they done that before, Q? Have they tested the, the like, fossils and stuff for metals or not? Can they do that or not? Well, the thing with most fossils is that usually, like, bone. Yeah, exactly. So So I'm thinking, like, there is actually no... No... Yeah, no, you make a good point. Um, but I guess for for some more recent stuff, maybe. Like, can we look? Can we look at like modern day lizards and like and the environments they're in and kind of compare it? Or, or like sharks and crocodiles, which are quite similarly. Yeah. Because you get like the common colours for reptiles are well, the common ones, obviously like green, green dark brown. brown, maybe. It's very yeah. rare you see like I don't know Green. you do get blue ones you do get like you, yeah you do get blue ones to be fair you wouldn't ever see like rare. a pink reptile or something yeah, I'm sure there are but it's very very rare like you just don't get them. yeah 
Yeah. But then, but then now, like, like think about it, like, bringing the whole feather argument, you get feathers in all sorts of colors. So, if they're mm. if they're only if they did if they didn't have feathers, then like we can kind of narrow it down to green, brown. Well, you like, could presume gray. that different dinosaurs had different colors depending on how, depending on I don't know the environment they were living in, in terms of yeah. which other predators there were. Yeah. Is yeah, you could just say warning. that. Yeah, the colors which they represented would be indicative of like what they ate. Yeah. Because you know where mm. else are they getting these metals from? Um, and actually, about metals, um, if you've got any like gold anywhere, so I remember being taught in sort of GCSE um, astronomy that you know you can't get any atoms heavier than iron um, in, in a standard sized star, um, but turns out you also can't get any um, elements heavier than gold in a supernova. So uh, where do we get uh, elements heavier than gold from? This is an open question. I'm. Um... This is Carl. I'm going to give it to uh, Carl now. No, no, I'm going to let Key reveal the answer. Okay, so um, the, I don't remember the technical term, but um, I think it's called like uh, a neutron star fusion. So when you get two neutron stars, two extremely dense balls of matter. Um, they sort of swirl around each other and then become one thing. Um, that's when you get really heavy elements. And then past another certain point. I definitely point, couldn't have guessed that. You no. Know, um, I mean, I yeah, I sort of saw it and was like, oh, that's cool. Um yeah, astronomy is is insane. <laughs> big things like we'd say, oh yeah, you know the sun's big, but you never quite know how big the sun is. Um, oh yeah, sorry, and also t touching on the uh, the colors of dinosaurs argument, um, like you you know the adage that if a tree falls in the forest but no one's around to hear it, did it fall? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that that's mm -hmm. sort of the same with the colors of the dinosaurs. Like yeah. you can sort of guess at it, we'll never be able to see them. Um, Unless you're that one lucky guy who makes a time machine and goes back and gets stepped on by a stegosaurus. Or uh, you're that one lucky guy that creates dinosaurs in some yeah, future re, realm. Sort of re, uh, rejuvenates the... Who was, who was the first person to like... Life? So we we got the idea of what colours they were, they were from, from, obviously from like paintings, right? Like reality paintings. And that, that the first guy to paint them would have been like... Or like paint, obviously like when we first heard about dinosaurs, people would have painted images of what they thought they looked like. But where, mm. where would they have... Would they have just looked at modern lizards and been like, right, well, I'm assuming they look like that? Well, I... I don't know, but I'm more concerned about the first archaeolog... Uh, archaeologist that unearthed a dinosaur, like, tooth or something. Yeah. It's like a huge tooth. It's That's like, what the hell is quite alarming. Yeah. Or it's just like, you know, a bit of a triceratops. It just seems sort of the, the front with massive horns. Um, yeah, that was going to be shocking. Yeah. Imagine... Just taking that up, being like, what what animals is from? Like, there's nothing. Yeah, well, and it's just like, oh, there's a bit of bone here. Cool. Let's just keep swiping away. So it just it just keeps on going. Um, it's really yeah. weird to think about like, how many fossils there are still just untouched, like completely untouched. Yeah. Did you hear like, that story um, the other day in some part of England where just like a five year old child turned over a rock and there was just like a footprint? Oh, wasn't it? Wasn't it kind of um, Dorset? Oh yeah, I think yeah, that, I think that was it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely near the coast. So um, yeah, That's just insane. like. That's just a massive footstep. Yeah. And sorry, a footprint. And then just think about all the other stuff which we just haven't found. Um, oh, well, I mean, so... linking on from the old dinosaur argument, obviously the Loch Ness monster. What do we think? Is it a dinosaur? Is it alive? Is it a myth? Is it? Yeah. Is it real? I. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna. T this might I, be very I mean... controversial. Yeah. Go on, Carl. Go on, Carl. Well, I mean, like, I. I mean, well, I, the only thing I've heard is that. It, like it was a hoax, and like what it actually was is like they did it as like a, like, yeah, obviously it's a prank. Tourism. Like, yeah, just just trying. I think that was only one photo though. Because mm. like let's be let's be real, like 
pretty much everyone in the world knows the Loch Ness Monster now. The whole place, like people go there just to visit, like just to try and see it and stuff like that. Like that that is the reality. It's a massive tourism. Yeah, thing. exactly. Like they've done well. Whatever whatever, like if they've done it on purpose, they've done well. So Yeah. I mean you know I mean, fairly controversially, I don't think the Loch Ness Monster exists. Um <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> that is No no, I agree, I'm I'm with Q on this one. I don't I don't think it's real. What? Yeah, no, I'm um, afraid. No, no, there's only one. Like, let's be Images. There's only that one image. Like, there's only that one image. It, it just no, looks like there, a bunch of tires. If you look, if you look like in the um, if you go down, there are loads. And they meant to, it's meant to be like an upturned hull of a boat. With uh, a lot of kind of witness views, but wait. more recent, more recent things. Oh, I do agree. It's a bit shady how they haven't found any. Like when they scanned the lake, there was nothing. Scanned it. Yeah. But yeah, there's some there's some recent ones. And how oh, big is it then, Soldier? Just... If it's real. If it's real. It just looks photoshopped, or they either photoshopped or it's just like someone's just dunked like a yeah. I know. I think it's so, I think it's a prop. I think it's a prop. Yeah. Um, I think we should go to Loch Ness, and I will prove you wrong. Okay. <laughs> sure. sure. Yeah, I'm up for the challenge. Um, <laughs> I have to put I have to put a word in with the, the monster. You know, yeah. Yeah. Get just, just show up. Show up. Yeah. Uh, because be like, wait, when the picture was RSVP. taken, like, well, that photoshop wouldn't have been a thing, obviously. So I mean, I'm thinking it was just literally a prop put in. Or, or it, maybe, it was, maybe it was a mistake. Was maybe it was a, a mistake. Prop, maybe but... it actually was like someone reaching. Like I'm not sure. Like a weird coincidence. Someone took a picture of it, and then like it kind no, of. No, I viral. think they put a welly boot. They put a welly boot on a stick or something. Wait, oh, so you are There's agreeing that? Wait, you're agreeing that it's. <laughs> no, oh, but that which... I'm I'm only agreeing that that photo was a hoax. But that's the only photo okay. of it. So. I mean, no stuff like that one. The viewers can't that's see that unfortunately, what... but that is like that is definitely CGI. I'm sorry, that's definitely like crazy on Photoshop. So anyone who's listening now, just go go and search Loch Ness Monster and discern for yourself whether and it's just look at the really fake And scroll, scroll quite far down. Scroll quite far down on the photos. Right, okay. Um, I, I, I'm not convinced, I'll be honest. No. I don't think... That, that doesn't well, make a lot much... of people say it's a plesiosaur. That still exists in this day and age. Yeah, um, the one that Debbie didn't... <laughs> much like how the Great White Shark still exists in this day and age. No, but the thing with... There's, there's a reason as to why... Um, dinosaurs don't exist anymore. Well, okay, the first reason is the massive meteor that hit um, mm, it's quite, that quite part of Mexico. Yeah, that is yeah. quite a, quite a large. It was pretty massive, um, a pretty massive factor that sort of smashed into the side of this planet. Um, but the second reason is that, like, there used to be a lot more oxygen and a lot more food. So more oxygen and more food means you can get bigger, physically larger. Yeah, but, but now. You, you you can do that less effectively. Firstly, because humans have begun to like build cities and disrupt True. quite a few ecosystems. And the secondly, carbon and water cycles have been irreversibly. Yeah, and secondly, because well, there's just less oxygen. We're twenty percent oxygen. It's pretty sizable, but also not enough to to allow things as large as the previous dinosaurs to exist. Measured on sharks. But how no, come? Exactly. How come? How come? Uh, even smaller, even smaller dinosaurs kind of went as well. Then, like a few of them relied on the larger ones as part of ecosystems. Um, like oh, like cover... food cycle and stuff. Yeah, exactly. You have you have this sort of um, I don't remember uh, what were they called. I remember doing this in GCSE biology. We had like a pyramid food of chains? stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, or something like that. And then you'd have like, so say you had um, a feeder, a um, predator, and then an apex predator. Say your apex predator died out. Then you'd have a lot of predators suddenly because they're not yep. being fed on, which then overfeed on the smaller things, yeah. which then die out. The and then and, like, you have, yeah, that was it. Secondary, yeah. yeah. Um, 
and then you have things dying out quite quite quickly. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, well, the massive shockwave sort of gravitationally yeah. um, would have would have killed quite a few things, um, at least like two of them. But um, you know, uh, th- there comes weird, a point like, where that they just didn't like could obviously be other other things involved. Like yeah, we have sharks and crocodiles and other other stuff, but like dinosaurs should never really. We don't have a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Exactly. Well, even small ones, even yeah. small ones spraying around, but yeah. I mean, I always think it's a great shame that we don't have dodos anymore. Dodos! And no. they're not strictly dinosaurs, but they were obviously made extinct by people, which I think is rather sad. Yeah. I went to a talk, uh, sorry, it's like a series of lectures sometime, like three years ago, and there was one, there was one biologist there who was doing quite a bit of stuff on, like, the genome and CRISPR and whatever, um, and yeah, CRISPR is this sort of genetic modification technology. They can sort of take someone's entire genetic well, genome, and take all their genetic information, and start changing it, which is quite cool. Um, they use it in humans mostly for like genetic diseases, and in, in very few cases. Uh, I think we had the a Nobel Prize for. Oh yeah, nice. Um, and I think the uh, the Nobel Prize for Chemistry this year was for was for CRISPR stuff, um, which is pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, so the, this this lady who was giving the talk, I think she was a professor at somewhere. Um, she 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 mentioned dodos, and she also just found a bunch of memes about dodos at the end. Aww. She was talking about like nandodos, um, which yes. would be you know which, which nand that is classic. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, and so sort of thinking about if they did exist, do you think we'd keep them as pets, or do you think we'd just eat them as we do chickens? But also no, obviously, but I don't think I, mean, I don't think we from, we eat the chickens. Accounts... Because there's, there are many animals that well, we just I don't think... eat, like like kiwis, for example. Like we don't. I'm not sure what they do in New Zealand. But, but... I think from the accounts that I read about the dodos, they were meant to be incredibly friendly, <laughs> which is obviously why they got made to be extinct. Right. But yeah. I think in this day and age, you can keep chickens as a pet and you can eat chickens. So I reckon. I, mean, I don't know. The I size think it depends on how exactly. like how endangered they actually are. Like if they're at a level where it's critical, then we wouldn't be eating them. Obviously. I guess what country? What country they found mm. them? as well yeah no um hmm. i mean even now like even without the sort of eating animals there's a lot of species are still going extinct just by you know knock-on effect of whatever we're doing um global warming which is yeah global warming um the one that upsets me most is the orangutans and the palm oil in malaysia yes no that's that's a big thing very upsetting did you see the iceland advert no. You need to watch that. It's because Iceland made this vow to not use palm oil in any more of their products because of the effect it was having on orangutans and the okay. kind of Malaysian rainforest right. ecosystem. And it is it is moving. But I mean it's so hard to cut palm oil out of your daily life. I mean I've tried, it's it's in everything. Yeah, it's Shampoo, everything. lip balms, it's crazy. Mm. I mean there there's there comes a point where you sort of have to weigh up the alternative. Um alternatives. Like would you rather use oils derived from like massive deforestation and you know monocropping in bits of I know, mean what I think if we're on this topic I think you've got to argue, I think you've got to it I think ultimately that poses the question you're going to go for organic foods or not mm. because most of the crisps I try to eat are locally produced with sunflower oil as opposed to the kind of big Walker's crisp and stuff that can sometimes use palm oil and things like that I think it's actually a matter of, you know, inequality to some extent, because, you know, if you're from a lower income background, you find it harder to afford those 
organic yeah, foods true. which don't contain palm because we're, we're lucky we have the choice yeah. that we can use alternatives but um yeah obviously yeah. everyone can't mm. no and, but i yeah. mean speaking of genetically modified stuff and agriculture what do you think of gm crops uh i think well i think if it's like you know i think some of them are used like for allowing plants to grow in different like environments and with global warming happening mm. like you can grow plants in more dry areas um, I think that that's good, I guess, because you know, for countries that are on the threshold, and then no longer able to grow stable, like staple crops and foods, then I guess that's quite useful for them. Well, that is imperative for them. So I mean, it depends mm. how you use it, really. Mm. I, I mean, think because it's it's obviously been in quite a lot of controversy recently, because it's not really there's not much GM crops in Europe as a whole because of kind of EU restrictions. Yeah. But in Asia and stuff, they had irate. Do you know irate? The strain rice that was genetically modified. Oh. It pretty much withstands much. It pretty much withstands monsoon seasons. Um, it's called the miracle rice in Asia. Oh, I have heard of this. And yeah. that was GM. But over here, a lot of people refuse to eat it. Hmm. Well, there's quite a bit just from kind of. So I was just saying, there's quite a bit of stigma on sort of GM stuff. Um, I think quite unfounded mm. stigma because. It's, no, I agree. It's not you're not like intrinsically changing the crop, you're just making it grow easier or grow quicker. Um, which I think actually looking um, up and sort of to infinity and beyond, if we're going to Mars, we're going to need GM stuff. Like yeah, if you were because... to take yeah something which requires like all the water, all the nutrients, and well, carbon dioxide's not a big issue, um, but all of that stuff, and then you'll bring that to Mars and it doesn't work, well, you're sort of you know yeah. you're sort of screwed for the next three weeks. Um, but if you could genetically modify something, then it'll be fine. Um, of course, this raises the same issue of can you do the same to humans? You know, uh, where where does it stop? Where does it end? Yeah. Where where true. is the line drawn? I think that okay, um, like okay, some instances it's done quite not not selfishly, but I think where it's done to prevent like say pests or just certain like environments from from preventing it from growing. But then again, a lot of people use just to increase like the size of it and just kind of bulk it up. Um, so I mean, it just depends really on. We're using it. Yeah, it's yeah. quite. It's quite. Yeah, you, you can't really branch all mm. GM into one bracket because there's so many different types. Yeah. No, I agree. Mm. Yeah. Um. Have. Well, you were Matilda. You mentioned Miracle Rice, right? Yeah, that's the IR8 strain. Yeah. IR8? No, it can't be called. Yeah, no, the IR8 strain. Oh. Um. I think it was developed by. It was. It was developed in the Philippines and India. Hmm. Um. But I think that's transformed agriculture in Asia. Um, okay. It's kind of completely eradicated the risk that kind of subsistence farmers yeah. were facing when it came to droughts and stuff. So for the government, it's been an absolute lifesaver. Yeah, no, I can imagine because for for the mm. millions upon millions of people in Asia that re- re- their lifestyles rely on rice. Um, like, oh, exactly. I mean, it's the kind of substance. Crop. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, there was a science society lecture on sorry scientific society. I keep forgetting that we've rebranded. Um, so I keep calling it the Science Society, <laughs> but um, we had a lecture recently from um, a uh, medical historian from Ulster University who mentioned well, he was he was talking about the um, the Irish famine, and imagine like that. Obviously, that's not going to happen nowadays because of mostly global trade and people actually helping each other. Um, but imagine if you had a strain of so the, the entire point of the potato famine was that the crops were dying due to some virus that would spread was it a virus or bacteria 
was it? I think sort? it was. A, I think it was a bug or something, wasn't it? it was something bad? I, oh, I know. I think it was like a corn. It's called like the corn ball or something. Hmm. That rings a bell. I I don't. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, it was yeah, something which was killing the potatoes. Yeah, it was something like killing the potatoes. And imagine if the potatoes, by genetic modification or just by a, some mutation down the line, didn't they, they were just fine against that sort of microbe or whatever. Um, then, happened, then you know life would be fine. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't have happened. Um, and mm. you could sort of see this going into the future. Like if you have some massive famine due to I don't know the sudden eradication of kale going into the state of California because everyone in California likes to have kale. <laughs> have um, green juice. Mm. Yeah, you're lovely. Um, uh, you know that 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 would cause some massive massive disruptions. Um, but you brought up happened. miracle. Yeah, you brought up miracle rice, and there's actually have you guys heard mm. of the miracle berry? Yes, the taste changes. Yes, though. yeah. This is this is this is great. Yes. Carl, have you not heard of this? I have not heard of the miracle berry. Okay. So you mu- no, it changes, I, I think I think we may have heard about biology, but um, yeah, probably. Is this is this on a purpose? So no, it's just it's just by by stroke of. Wait, know, is this the one that evolution. when you eat it, it makes sour stuff taste sweet? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, uh, exactly. So okay, it binds okay, okay. to the receptors on your tongue, um, to make them, it, when they are reacted to taste sour stuff they instead taste sweet so your tongue still has sour stuff on it but your brain thinks it's sweet so there's been multiple experiments of people well okay legally you can't buy miracle berries because uh, the fda in the us and i think um, the food regulators here in the uk um, a few years ago uh, saw the miracle berries and defined it as like basically just a food additive so you can't actually buy it in powder or solid like a berry form so you can only buy them like tablets so that you can you can sort of use them like that Um, and the reason behind that was um i think the sugar companies were putting pressure on the government because obviously if you put just sour if you put citric acid and miracle berry concentrate into a cake you have no sugar in it it's sugar free but it still tastes Uh, sweet that's good though isn't it that's crazy. Yeah, that's good. But then the sugar companies who sell the sugar, yeah, they're gonna, they're we're gonna, gonna be like, that's pretty bad for them. yeah, exactly. Um, so that that's a whole conspiracy theory about that. Um, but yeah, so you could like, there, there's videos of people eating a pill of miracle berry concentrate and then just like eating a whole lemon, and they just think it's like sherbet. Well, we actually did a rather fun school assembly, and our head of department kind of got all these you know year sevens up on the stage and made them eat a miracle berry and then drink vinegar and stuff like that and they were drinking vinegar like i know it was apple juice it was insane and they just didn't like the taste of raspberries and stuff it was crazy that's that's weird that's cool though that's very cool that is really cool yeah i saw one i saw one funny video and it wasn't about the miracle berry it's about you know how supposedly with covid you lose your you know sense of taste and smell and it was this woman, and she was drinking vodka. She thought Malibu tasted like tea. So she was, I mean, just drinking Malibu. I mean, bottles of it, thinking it was like an English breakfast tea. Oh, but... yeah. That's dangerous. I, that is, I wouldn't that is really that dangerous. Kids that, don't do that. Exactly. Mm. That person's liver has, has gone. Like, you could, yeah, don't, don't do that. Um, mm. But the thing, with, the thing with COVID is that it's not losing your taste that's the bad part. It's losing your sense of smell. Because what we normally defined as taste is only about 20% taste and 80% aroma or smell. So if you just lost your taste, then your smell would still take over as your as the majority of your 80% of your taste. But if you just lost your sorry, if you just lost your smell, you'd only have 20% of your taste 
um, as such. So yeah, it's a bit annoying that it takes over both, but yeah, words. My mouth isn't working today. It takes over both because oh, I see. Yeah, you can't so if you took over to ever taste, then it would you actually be able to taste the majority of still. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and this is why like smell is such an important factor. Like you know when you're walking past a, like a really good restaurant because you can smell it. Um, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Like that's why like when you're younger, like you'd always hold your nose when sense. you want to like not taste something. Like that was like the thing. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Um, I mean, it does sort of because you're your nasal cavity is connected to the rest of your mouth yeah, there's really... some which leaks through yeah. um but i remember as a kid taking like um medicine but it's usually like there was this sort of uh chinese medicine which is usually very herbal herbal medicine that's what it's called um which would come in a little sort of package which you then add water to and then that would be like your cure for cold um and it doesn't actually cure the cold it sort of lessens the effects of it and it would smell like concentrated death um, so I, I, I would hold my nose and sort of go at it. It still tasted horrible, but a but lot less. It made less it better. Than... Actually, made it, yeah, it made it a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Well, the whole nose, I vividly remember once being at um, a family dinner and having some orange juice in front of me. Very funny. And I was I was laughing with the orange juice. I was very alarmed. Did it? it came yeah, it came out, out of my nose. nose. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. when you realise it's it all connected. It was the most painful thing. It was terrible. Yeah. yeah I got yeah. six. It was traumatic. Does it connect to the eyes as well or not? No, no, no. 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 Your, eye, your eyes are in a safe space. Um, good, very good. So, so your nose sort of goes That's in. That's reassuring. Yeah, your, your nose sort of goes in and tucks behind your uh, palate. Sort of comes down sort of a, a bit further down than your, your tonsil. Um, I, I, I think there are some things of nature that can squirt milk out of that eye, though. Oh, yeah, no, that's that, that's weird. Wait, that how? That, there must be some connectivity there. Let's get, let's get a little diagram up. <laughs> Okay, uh, anatomy of... How to squirt milk out of your eye. How to... Uh, anatomy of the... of the Here we are, of the head. Um, so, I'm going to try and describe this as well as possible. Um, there is... Oh! Oh no, so it is connected. No, Carl, you were right. Oh, so, there we go. Yeah. So, um, well, the eye is... So, this entire bit is just the cavity. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so it is sort of... Your eyes sort of rest at the top of this, like, cave, as it were. Well, it's called a cavity for a reason. Um, yeah, it's odd. Um, I remember as a kid, because I used to uh, get a lot of nosebleeds, that um, the doctor sort of did an, uh, got an endoscope, which is a really long tube with a camera at the end of it, sort of shoved it in my nose. Um, oh, which, no. Yeah, and then it sort of just sort of started crawling down towards my throat. It's like, okay, yeah. that's connected. Um, isn't that wait, is that how COVID tested like the swab goes mm. through the nose and hits the back of your throat? Like, uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, I think yeah. it goes. You put one down your throat and then one up your nose. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, you use the same one, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. two different. I don't I'm think sure it's you could, I'm sure you could get it. I'm sure you could though. I'm sure you space. could if, if it was long enough. That'd be terrible. That'd be terrible. I, I don't want to try it also, that though. <laughs> it also need to go round a bend because it sort of like goes yeah. in and then oh, goes God. down. No, it's even. That's sort of a ninety degree uh, turn in your. Uh, no. Yeah, I I had to give myself a a COVID test over summer because I got I got a little package from Imperial that was like here do this testing thing. So like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, are you Basically. part of the part of the um sample or whatever? Yeah, um, my dad was as well, so we had sort of yeah. two-thirds of our family were doing it. Oh, cool. Um, I think my sister was. Mm. Yeah, um, and it was, yeah, it's pretty uncomfortable. Like, I sort of put the thing in my nose and it's like sneezing. I've got very sensitive nostrils. Um, I sort of put it in my, sort of the, the back of your mouth. Um, yeah, felt odd, but I mean, obviously Wait, was it painful less or no? painful than... 
No, it wasn't really painful. I mean, I guess if you've got even more sensitive nostrils and um, okay, I see. other bits, then it could be, yeah. I think a lot of it is it's sort of similar to getting a jab. It's like if you move a lot and you tense up quite a bit during yeah, a jab. Yeah, tense up is factor. like the worst thing. Yeah, mm. yeah exactly. Like uh, in my old school, there was like a there was like an outbreak of hepatitis B. Um, oh. That is quite a severe outbreak. Yeah, you'd expect that, that is... kind of a developing country, not no, exactly. It <laughs> Sorry, was, it was pretty bad. Um, and so our entire dare I ask how that came about? I, we weren't told. Uh, <laughs> we weren't told. It just sort of <laughs> happened. Uh, but our whole school had to get the vac- like a, a vaccine, of course, because um, it, it was pretty bad. Um, and like you would see some of like the biggest, bulkiest rugby players just get like put, you know, ruined by a little needle. <laughs> um, just because they, they they thought it would make sense to like tense up and everything, but no, that that just that makes, makes it, it worse. so much worse. You sort of just sit there. And I think ignore the worst the fact thing is when you watch it go in your arm. No, that's fine. for me. That does it. Oh Watching no, I can't. I can't in. see. I can't see it. No, I, no, no, no. I'm quite used. Well, okay, like I, oh, you're used my to blood. It. Yeah, sort of like <laughs> I, I've gotten quite a few jabs. Well, I think everyone, I've gotten the same number of jabs everyone else has. Um, but like as a kid, I mean, even now, um, especially when I was a kid following on with the nosebleeds thing like they tried to find out why i had so many nosebleeds and usually the way you do that is by testing blood and so i'd get a lot of blood tests and it's basically just a needle in your forearm um and it's just the first few times it was pretty painful and pretty unnerving but then you do it like i've probably had 10 or 15 blood tests at this point um and it's just it just sort of happens um you sort of get used to it it's like, it's like conditioning it's for me, i have my appendix out and um they had to um put in a cannula in my arm mm. Uh, we could see the veins move to get out of the way no, no, thank you. of the um they had to do it 15 times oh. well, I, I had to have, I had to have about seven vaccinations went for to Vietnam during my GCSEs and it just wasn't oh no the same the, yeah. the t- I think it was the typhoid one that was I don't so know why painful. is it weird that some of them hurt more than others is that like natural is that or is that like I think it's because they have higher doses of the oh I see okay. um, yeah like I think I think the thing is like if the if the uh, the the virus or the disease which the vaccine is for is more dangerous and more, you know, prominent in terms of its effects on your health, it could uh, have a worse effect. Because most of most vaccines we know are like just inactive versions of the virus. Yeah. So you won't like get re- many. Yeah. Exactly. So you won't get many symptoms, but you'll get like a reaction from your immune system. Um, mm. Yeah. So it's- I mean, I'm about to go on anti-malarials, which obviously hallucinogenic drugs. Oh, I had no idea. Which is idea. quite alarming. Have you had yours yet? Oh. No, you have to go. You have to trial them before you go on them. Of course, you have yeah. to have kind of like a two-week trial period. But a lot of people, they have. I think they've got all the similar properties to kind of um, ma- magic mushrooms. Oh, wait, is that like obviously depending so, on the person, right? Like some people have. Yeah, there are no. I think there are a lot of different strains of antimalarials, but the most common one supposedly what is in antimalarials. Oh, I don't. It's not nice stuff. Maybe, maybe, maybe there will be a, a, a link between them. <laughs> Some MDMA just snuck in there.
Welcome everyone to another episode of The Codex, or Codec. This week we have good friends of mine, Kyle and Matilda, with me, of course, talking about the chicken and the egg and various other myths, bits and bobs that we might have come across in our, well, respectively 18, sorry, 16 and doubly 18 years on this planet. Now, we start off with chicken and the egg because we thought, you know, where else to start a great conversation? And unlike the other episodes that we've basically had, there's not much of an agenda for this podcast. So it's sort of similar to the catch-up, which I did with Henry and Francois. Uh, What we have here is a conversation between three of us, just wherever the conversation takes us. Go with the flow, as some might say. Kyle is in your left ear, or will be at least. Matilda will be in your right. I am obviously in the centre, as you're hearing me now. And enjoy. I will see you at the end of the episode. Though I should point out that this episode, the recording which Kyle, Matilda and I originally did, is split into two parts, as with most of the other podcasts with other people in them. They are two parts, usually about 40-50 minutes long, and next week's episode will just be the continuation or the second part of this episode, as it were. Let's call it a serial. Um, Yeah, this, this serial, not as in serial killer. No, sorry, as in serial killer, not as in serial cereal like not cornflakes or something similar so once again enjoy and i'll see you at the end of the episode and welcome back after that intellectual or at sometimes intellectual journey of us going from talking about a chicken and the egg to vaccines and hallucinogenic drugs uh, of course that is that is everyone's natural intellectual progression you always go in that direction not the other way around um, or just don't relate drugs to intellect at all, and then you'll be fine. But alas, that was where our discussion went for the first half. And the second half, of course, as I said at the start, will come next week. Tell me what you guys think. Do you think, guys and gals and variations thereupon, do you think the chicken came first, the egg came first? Or, as I say, it doesn't really matter either way. It becomes a bit relevant if you can't verify it. And why, why discuss it? guess it's a good intellectual challenge but past that what's the point thank you for listening this week and i hope to see you next week ta-ta